Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Nine-year-old Rebecca Riscotti talks fast. Printed t-shirts, we sold the t-shirts, we got the paddleboard. Her mind is even quicker. They solve a problem with money. She's very sharp, she's smart, but she was slow to believe it. I'm a very strong person, I'm a very strong female, I've always spoken up for myself, but for some reason, my natural instinct, when a guy with a deeper voice that's taller than me would say something, I'd be like, oh, I should listen to him. He's, he's got the stature for it. And it took me years to, to trust myself. She trusted herself enough to go for it with a crazy idea. Rebecca Riscotti created City Kitty, a potty training system for cats. Which led to a strange encounter during her annual gynecological exam. And he's like, ah, oh, you should have that product on Shark Tank. So I'm slain. I'm like, yeah, I've actually been on Shark Tank. You have got to be kidding me. Hello, welcome to CNBC Strange Success, the podcast about, well, strange successes. I'm Jane Wells, and this week's episode is about a millionaire with a million ideas. So successful, she's been on Shark Tank twice with two different products. But Rebecca Riscotti's biggest multi-million dollar hit came to life 15 years ago when she was 24 years old. So it's a toilet training device for cats. So it teaches your cat to go to the bathroom in the toilet so you don't have to have a litter box. You are hearing cell phone video of a cat actually trained using a city kitty and hopping up on the toilet to go to the bathroom in the toilet. The device is a litter box which fits over your toilet bowl but under the toilet seat. It has removable sections which start in the middle to create a small hole and then you gradually remove sections to make the hole larger and larger. As your cat gets used to using a litter box on the toilet and then hearing, you know, its business hit the toilet water until finally you remove the whole thing and the cat just hops up on the toilet and goes. Potty training can be accomplished in less than a month. It's easier to toilet train a cat than it is to toilet train a kid. All right, that this mother of three in Yardley, Pennsylvania became a cat potty training diva isn't the only surprising thing about her. Rebecca Riscotti has been fascinated by consumer products and marketing since high school. So I read a book on the beach when I was a teenager, um, Paco Underhill's Why We Buy the Science of Shopping. And I was amazed. You were, I'm sorry, how old were you? I think I was like 17. I wow. picked up this book and this guy was talking about consumer behavior and how stores designed their stores to kind of manipulate you to, to do certain things, right. right? You walk into a department store and it's no mistake that it is like linoleum in the center aisles but carpet on the side. Because carpet slows down your the foot traffic and slows you down to then browse. And I had that and a love of graphic design. And so I studied graphic design in college and, uh, and graduated with um, a degree in graphic design and a minor in business. And then I did what any respectable college student does and I moved back home with my parents because <laughs> I didn't have a job. I had no job. 
Then Rebecca Riscotti did the other thing any respectable college student without a job does. She went to graduate school, in her case, business school. And, and there's a reason they recommend that you work before you go into an MBA program so that you can actually know what they're teaching you. And I remember sitting in a finance class thinking that I had no idea what they were talking about. But at the time, it was a complete waste on me. And so I dropped out. She got a job at a software company and marketing, but she hated it. She wanted to solve problems. I always thought it would be fun to start a business, but I didn't have the right idea. And it wasn't until I toilet trained my cat that this idea fell in my lap. It was screaming to it me. It fell in you, your toilet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is how City Kitty started in a ridiculously small apartment in New York City 15 years ago. And so my husband and I got married. We got this 500 square foot apartment and I decided to toilet train the cat. Um, and I had a family member whose cat had toilet trained themselves. So like literally they walked by the bathroom one day and their cat was up on the toilet going to the bathroom. And I thought to myself, I'm like, if that cat can toilet train itself, then maybe I can train 11 year old Samantha here to use the toilet. She set out to teach her old cat a new trick. I did online research and I started to realize I was not the only one that would want to do it. Kitty toilet training. Kitty potty training. Potty training my cat. Toilet training cats. There was cat like hundreds Kitty of people talking about toilet training, training. on forums. There was all these people Kitty talking on forums training. how they did it. They were going out to like pharmacies and go get buying sits baths. Like sits baths are medical devices and using this medical device to toilet train their cat. You like you put it in the toilet? Yes. Kind of thing? Okay. Or like roasting pans. They were getting like a roasting <laughs> pan for a turkey, hammering it down to fit in a toilet seat and then doing the training with it. I have to give props to the first person I know to document cat toilet training is Charles Mingus. He's a famous jazz musician from the 1970s. And so he documented toilet training cats way back when. This is true. Forty years ago, jazz musician Charles Mingus made what he called a cat-a-log. It taught people how to toilet train their cats in four steps. Mingus claimed he trained his own cat, named Nightlife, in less than a month. Quote, don't be surprised if you hear the toilet flush in the middle of the night. If he hits the flush knob accidentally and sees that it cleans the bowl inside, he may remember and do it intentionally. Mingus's catalog somehow made it onto the internet and Rebecca Riscotti found it. I was going to do what everybody else did, right, and get this device and, and, and jerry-rig it, which is what I did to toilet train Samantha. But then when she hopped up on the toilet for the first time and went to the bathroom in the toilet, I was like calling my friends. I'm like, you have to get over here and see what she can do. She pees at 6 a.m. Come on over. <laughs> I knew I wasn't the only one that would want to toilet train their cat. You've got like, what, 8 million people that live in New York City and probably half of them have cats. None of these people want litter boxes. Why does a cat want to go in the toilet? So a cat's natural instinct is to cover the scent of its waste from predators. So back in the 30s and 40s, we didn't have kitty litter. It wasn't invented yet. So we used to use newspaper or whatever, and we brought these cats in and had them live indoors, and they would cover it up in, in newspaper waste and whatever. And then in the 1950s, kitty litter was invented. It's the miracle product of 1952, kitty litter. Remove the smell of your fluffy indoor friend in minutes. Happy cat, happy flat. Litter boxes are a pain in the ass. They're disgusting. Your, your, your cat goes in there, and they're putting their waste in there, and then they're walking in it, and they're walking around your home. The litter is made of sodium bentonite, which is kind of dusty. Cats don't like being dusty, so they end up licking their paws and getting the litter into their systems. That is avoided by toilet training the cat 
And in fact, the toilet water does a better job of covering up the scent, which is the cat's goal. So allegedly, cats don't mind the toilet. And so after Riscotti toilet trained her cat, Samantha, in late 2004, she created City Kitty. Total investment up front was fifteen dollars to $20,000 first, first to get off the ground. Your own money? Yeah, wedding money. All the money, thank you to all the people who gave me money for my wedding. All the money I got for my wedding, we, we saved and we started City Kitty with. Did you know how to make anything? No. So I needed the device, I needed the, the, the branding of it, and then I needed the manual. And so I got together with one of my friends that I studied graphic design with, and we made the manual. I made the logo in a weekend. And then um, I found a manufacturer that was willing to make the prototype for me. Um, how? Just calling. And people ask me this all the time, you know, oh, well, like you must have this in with manufacturers. I'm like, no, you just, you literally just call until one of them says, yeah. By early 2005, Rebecca Riscotti had a product. She decided to price it at $29.99. $20 is too gimmicky, right? You know, this is not an as It's not serious. Yeah, yeah, it's not serious enough. Like, I'm serious. It'll break. Yeah, I'm serious about cat toilet training, so it's 30 bucks. <laughs> um, that and you need markup. She says her average profit margin is 400%. Riscotti wanted to name the product Go Kitty, but the domain name was going to cost her five grand, which seemed like a lot at the time. So her mother-in-law came up with City Kitty, and by June 2005, they were in business. The first one I sold, I sold on eBay. And I remember laughing and being giddy that this guy, whoever bought it, I forget his name now, believed that this was a real product. <laughs> like it felt like, it still felt like a joke to me. So this is the original City Kitty that I created. Riscotti is holding up that first iteration of the product. It's shaped to fit over a toilet bowl under the toilet seat and has that series of removable circles which create larger and larger holes. There's also a training manual. In 2005, I think I finished out the year and did like 115 in sales or something like that. And I was like, I was thinking that was great. I was so excited because I had, I was 25 years old and leaving a job at a software company where I made, I think I made 40000 a year. And so that replaced my income and I did it within the same year. According to reviews on Amazon, City Kitty doesn't work 100% of the time. Not every cat is potty trained, but sales now top $800,000 a year. So total units sold to date and total revenues to date, would you say? So almost 300,000 units. Um, $8 million in sales. Riscotti has never taken any outside investment, and she has been profitable every year. She's gone on to create other products, which I'll get to in a minute. But first, she had a really big year in 2011 when she appeared on, you guessed it, Shark Tank. I was so nervous. Okay, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard from others who've gone on Shark Tank, like Apollo Peak Catwines, Squatty Potty, Drop Stop. But each has a strangely different experience. By the way, I can't help but notice the names of some of these brands, Drop Stop, Squatty Potty, City Kitty. They seem to have a certain rhythm. In Rebecca Riscotti's case, though, she was asked by the producers to come on the show, and she did it for publicity, not for the money. Did you need the money? Did you end up taking the money? I 
did not need the money. She did originally agree, though, to take $100,000 from Shark Kevin Harrington in exchange for a 20% stake in the company. The relationship did not last beyond a test run at Walgreens, and Riscotti says she never actually sold him part of the company. She is still 100% owner. Stuff like that happens on Shark Tank sometimes. Listen to the Apollo Peak Catwine episode. But perhaps more importantly, two things came out of that experience. First, she got valuable advice from Shark Barbara Corcoran. When I filmed the show, Barbara said, and I don't think this made air, but she said to me when we were taping, um, she was looking at my packaging, which was, I don't know, three rounds of packaging ago, and she said, it doesn't show how it works on the front of the package. And I'm standing there, we're filming. Like, there's cameras, there's lights, this whole thing. And she says this, and I was like, you're right, it doesn't. I had no idea, like I didn't even think about that the product in the front should explain how it works. So um, I got home after taping and I fixed it, thanks to Barbara. The second thing that happened was that Riscotti was completely unprepared for the spike in sales after the episode aired. She was still operating in the basement of her house. She had 400 units lined up ready to go. She'd already appeared on TV before on shows like Good Morning America, selling about 100 units after each appearance. 400 should be plenty, right? After Shark Tank aired, 10,000 orders came in. I didn't understand... The difference between being on a show like that and the difference between a normal press hit. Um, I remember three months later, my inbox was still, you know, filled to the brim of people that I had never responded to yet. And I remember sitting at my desk and forgiving myself for never responding. And I took all the emails and I just threw them in a folder and I just moved on. Sometimes it's really liberating to just say bye-bye to stuff like that. In the meantime, City Kitty has become so popular, there is now a full-time employee whose main job is to fight off copycats. Isn't there, like, Louis Vuitton bags to counterfeit? Like, why are they counterfeiting a cat toilet trinket? But that just says it has the sales numbers to support counterfeiting. But here is one of the funniest stories I have ever heard covering strange success. Can I tell you something embarrassing that happened? I don't know if I was really embarrassed, but... Um... This is what happened when Rebecca Riscotti went to a new gynecologist for her annual exam. I'm, I'm there. I'm laying on... In the stirrups. I'm in the stirrups. I'm laying there. And I had not seen this doctor before. We were meeting, for the, we were meeting very intimately for the first time. And so he's down there, and he's trying to make small talk. So he's like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, well... I make consumer goods. And that's usually what I say, because when I tell people I make a toilet training kit for cats or whatever the other products I make, they go, a what for a what? And you get into a long conversation. And if you don't want to be in a long conversation, well then, you, so I say I make consumer products. So he's down there, right? And he goes, like, I make consumer products. He goes, well, that's really vague. And I'm like, now I have to oh. tell him. I'm like, well, I make, a, one of my products, one of my most popular products is a toilet training kit for cats. And he's like, ah, you should have that product on Shark Tank. And I was like, I, so I'm slaying I'm like, yeah, I've actually been on Shark Tank. And he's down there and he's got the drape. At this point, Riscotti imitates the doctor popping his head up over the drape to look at her face. And he goes, I recognize you. And I was like, I'm like, you've, now you've seen all of me. You've seen all of me, sir. But Rebecca Riscotti learned a lot becoming an entrepreneur. And she has some advice especially for women. I used to compromise my values in business, that thinking that other people knew better than me or, or that, um, that when someone gave me advice that I had to listen to it or whatever. Um, and so 
I ran into a few bumps in the road, kind of going down the wrong path a couple times. Um, you know, I almost started manufacturing overseas. I'm so glad that I didn't. So um, I would say my biggest mistake was taking so long to, to trust myself and what I already know. Um, and what's my natural instincts as a business owner, because it took me probably seven years to kind of hit the point where I feel like I hit my stride. I guess my advice to you know any female entrepreneur is to really trust yourself and never, never, never allow the sex of someone else to dominate over what you, what you already know. This is a woman who does not take herself too seriously, which is probably why she so successfully created and marketed a cat potty training kit. But her consumer goods empire has expanded to other products, though it took her a while to think beyond cats. Her second product was a line of cat treats. She thought everything had to be cat-related. She couldn't think of anything new and different for six years. Then someone approached her for advice on marketing a pillow attached to a hoodie called the hoodie pillow. Great for covering your ears and head while using a pillow to block out whatever else may be going on around you. So he approached me, he wanted me to invest in the company. I said, no, 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 let me teach you and I'll tell you what I did. And so I did that. And so he worked through, created the prototype, pulled his website, he launches the company. And then the day he launches, it gets like picked up and people start buying it. And then I'm like, oh wait, about the investment. I, I, wanna, I wanna invest in your business. I changed my mind. I don't wanna teach you to fish. I wanna fish with you and fish together. So then I invested in the company. She invested a hundred grand and became a partner and ended up on Shark Tank again with the hoodie pillow, the only person to appear twice with two different products. Shark Robert Herjavec invested 90 grand in the company for a 20% stake. In all, Rebecca Riscotti now has about a dozen product lines, including her newest product called Lovesy, which are sheets for cribs that put a sleeping baby in the center of a painting. So for me, it's always been about creating something that either makes people's lives easier or better or more fun or makes someone happier. Um, and then it's great to make money along the way while you're doing it. Well, I remember when I told my dad that I was going to start this company, my father's an entrepreneur. So that's part of the where I got the spirit of, um, you know, kind of, you know, dreaming and planning and doing it and doing it on your own because my dad did that. And, uh, he, and I said, hey, hey dad, uh, I'm going to start a company. He's like, oh, that's great, honey. I said, I'm, 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 it's going to be, um, I'm going to make toilet training kits for cats. He's like, a what? <laughs> and I remember thinking, yeah. And he was like, all right, whatever you want to do. And everybody laughed. Like they thought, you know, this isn't going to work. They thought it was funny. And then, and then you're the last one laughing mm. when it's selling and you're helping people. Thank you for listening to this episode of CNBC Strange Success. The podcast is written and produced by me, Jane Wells, along with producers Candace Goldman, Ellen Egith, and Nate Skid. Editing and mixing by Candace Goldman. Next episode will prove that you really can sell anything, even Canadian air, in a can. Oh, it's sweet. Hey, if Fiji can sell you water, why can't Canada sell you air? Eh? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.